2: Since he's the creator, he's the only one that can tell his creation how to do life. Many times people say, well, why should I do that? Well, because God said, that's the way you do it. Well, I don't agree with that. Who cares? Go ahead and argue with God. Well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to have all these questions. No, I think you'd be flat on your face is where you're going to be. In humility. In humility with the holiness of God.
0: Most children are raised with the ultimate goal of being able to chart their own path. Where to go to college, what kind of career path to pursue, where to live. All of these are decisions people are raised to be able to make on their own. For better or worse, that's the way of things. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the problem that this me-oriented living causes. You'll hear about God's sovereignty and his desire to partner with you to show you what success looks like on his terms. You'll find out about the advantages that happen when you decide to let God lead and direct your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. we will be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter nine as he continues his message, The Great I Ams.
2: We love our animals, and we left Kimmy, our new puppy, when we left. She didn't say to us, well, are you going to church? We said yes. She knew we were leaving. She's already used to that, and she said, well, you're gone. I'll watch on the Roku and worship with you. She does like to watch television, but she was not be watching Christian television. She doesn't even know what that means. Now, if Linda and I have devotion in the morning and begin to praise God, do you think she comes over? Well, she would, but she just howl. She has no idea what worship is. See, the only one that can worship God is man. We're very different. Our dog, when our dog dies, she doesn't have a spirit. She has mind, will, and emotion. I'll guarantee you that. But she doesn't have the spirit being. So our animals, when they die, they just die. Will we have new animals in heaven? Yes, I believe so, absolutely. But you're the only one that will live somewhere forever because you have a spirit. So that spirit ruled. Now, here's what I want you to write because sometimes we forget the basics of this. And you say, well, Pastor what does all this have to do with the great I am? Everything. Because you're going to learn the great I am created you and I to worship him. Well, I can't worship something if I don't know him, what he's like. So the spirit is the supernatural part of man. The ability to communicate directly with God. You have that amazing privilege to communicate directly with God. Adam did in in the garden before there was Eve. When Eve came along, they both did. You and I have that amazing ability. Notice it's not only ability. If I'm going to communicate with God, it isn't really in the body. I can raise my hands. It really isn't in the mind, will, and emotions. I can agree to do it. But notice John four twenty four. It's really in the spirit. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. No animal can do that. Now, uh, turn to Romans 8.29 in a moment. And I want you to see something. God created you and I in his image. We will never be gods. There's a cult, you're familiar with it, that says we will be gods. That's not true. But we are to become like God. God. We're Christ followers. We're Christians. And Romans 29 says this. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus. Followers of Jesus. Jesus is God. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So Paul is saying to us that you've been created in the image of God. And I want you to be like me. In fact, the Bible says one day we will be like God. We won't be God, but we'll be like him and we'll see him as he really is. Now, for Satan, who was another created being, being like God was not enough. He wanted to be God. And that's what caused all the problem. Now, just think about this. Put yourself in the garden, initially with Adam. What happened to Adam the first time God began to talk to Adam? Adam's in the garden. There's animals and there's trees. There's fruit. There's no signs. He doesn't have an instruction book. I wish we knew, but all we do know is this. That when God was there, he began to what? Talk to Adam. Adam. Now, we don't know if he came in a form. I mean, he doesn't have a body, but could have certainly had one, because we know that during the Old Testament, we see God coming in the form of man. He began to talk with Adam. And as this went on, what's important for us to understand is this, that not only did God create the world, but God wanted to reveal himself to man. I mean, if God was an impersonal God, as deism teaches, God created the world and just put us here and went, see ya. That's not the great I am that you're going to see. The great I am wants to know you and wants you to know him. And because of that, God's greatest deep desire is to relate to and have fellowship with the people he created. Here's the next thing you want to write. God is not just the creator. Here's the key for you and me. God is our creator, and you might want to write it on your pad. God is my creator. He created me. Now, with that creation comes this amazing verse. Isaiah 43.10. But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant, and you've been chosen to know me. And believe in me, and I love this, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, and there never will be. Now, that's pretty plain. Would you say? Okay. Now, the world that we know today, how many gods are there? There's many, millions of gods. You go to India... There's like 300 million gods. Everything you touch is almost a God. But what does God say? No, in the beginning, God. He started as the only God. He is the only God. And there will be no other. So understand, God's desire, as you're going to go through this, eventually you see Adam and Eve. God comes to Adam and goes, hmm, you're still lonely. I'll solve that. Boom. Here comes Eve. So God wants to fellowship with us, to relate with us, because we're his creation. Now, the ultimate step toward fellowship was who? It was Jesus. What was one of the main reasons, other than the cross, that Jesus came to this earth? He came to the earth to show us what the great I am was like we don't know what God's like but we know way more because Jesus said if you've seen me you've seen the father so as we said God put skin on and came to the earth and you can see him and I can see him because as we study Jesus character we get to know who the great I am is and some of you are expecting to go right there I am the bread of life I'm the light of the world we'll get there But you need to see an understanding of it before we get there. So, in that verse, there's only one God. There's no higher authority. Thus, only God has the right to do a few things. Since he's the creator, he's the only one that can tell his creation how to do life. Many times people say, well, why should I do that? Well, because God said. That's the way you do it. Well, I don't agree with that. Who cares? Go ahead and argue with God. Well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to stand before God, and I'm going to have all these questions. No, I think you'd be flat on your face is where you're going to be. In humility with the holiness of God. So on top of this, as we go through that, we can know God, that very personal creator of the universe. Not about God, not just about God. That we can know him personally. But it goes beyond knowing him. You've heard me say this many times, but it's good for you to write it down. Next statement simply says this Man was created to know, to obey, to love, to worship, and to enjoy God. So let's do it again. Man was created to know, write that down, to obey, to love, To worship, and here's one we don't think about often, to enjoy God. Why shouldn't we enjoy our Creator? So it's not just the worship. It's not just the obey. It's all of those prospects as you work through it. All of them. Now, let's go back to Genesis 127, where we were. So God created man. Think about that. In his own image, in his image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, I could spend an hour and a half going through that, but I'm just going to make it very simple for you. We will see that God first, his first command, relates to a male and female. The Bible describes the origin of the sexes as the creative act of God. It wasn't something that happened by accident, all these words that you see in those verses are sexual. And it's a celebration of sexuality within marriage that's the way God designed it. One man, one woman for life. Recently, I just read this this week, and it happened just a few months ago, but I thought it was great. Uh, T.D. Jakes, a megachurch pastor, some of you know him, um, was asked by Ofer Winfrey on a television program, She basically said, what do you think about, what's your opinion of homosexuality? And in front of all this audience, you can imagine, T.D. Jake said this, and I think it's classic. I'm not called to give my opinion. I'm called as a pastor to give the scriptural position on it. That doesn't mean I have to agree with you to love you. I don't dislike anybody. I like everybody. I think that sex between two people of the same sex is condemned in the scriptures. And as long as it's condemned in the scriptures, I don't get to say what I think. I get to say what the Bible says. (laughs) But notice, notice, I love everybody. Careful. Because we have this aversion to homosexuality and lesbianism. See, I could use the same thing. What is your opinion of people sleeping together? Well, I don't have an opinion on that. What does the Bible say? It's a sin. I wouldn't get as many amens. I wouldn't. Well, what is your, what is your sense on forging your income tax? Cheating on it. Well, I don't have an opinion. God says, do the right thing. I get fewer Amen. Am I right? Yes, I am. What about losing your temper all the time? Seeing it's coming down to less and less and less. So be careful. Yeah, Pastor Mike, good for you. Careful. Remember the log and the splinter. There's plenty of us that have splinters. Amen. So be careful. We do understand what he said. I agree with it 100% because the scripture says that. So I think when you see us teach, that was just a great reminder to me. When I teach, I, you don't want my opinion. My opinion counts for nothing. Back, by the way, your opinion doesn't count for anything. The only opinion that counts is God. He created it, and that's, what we t- that's our problem is that isn't being held true in many, many places around the world. You know, Paul said that. People come in, they're going to divide your church from within, from without, because they go away from this. They have their own agenda, some kind of private agenda they're going to work in, whether it's spiritual or against somebody in the church or whatever. Paul says, kick them out. Get them out of here. Danger. And be careful from the outside because they're going to bring it right in too. So see, all of these things, whether it's the agendas from a group of people or the atheists or the agnostics or whatever, we just have to understand, this is our standard. We love people, but we love God and his word more. And so we just simply are going to proclaim what God says. And that's exactly right. Now, he made what? Male and female. Now, notice verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. So understand, the one number one reason that I know that that lifestyle is wrong, is because two men and two women cannot obey the very first command in the Bible. Now today they can do that because of harvesting of eggs and sperm and all the rest. But without artificial means, there's no way to do what God commanded. His first command in the Bible. Man, woman, have children, have sex, reproduce, and fill the earth. Cannot be done. Very first command. Be fruitful, increase number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living creature that moves in the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and the creatures that move in the ground, everything that has breath in it, I give every green plant for food and it was so. Verse 28, like I said, is huge. So many people have a wrong concept of who God is. Look at what verse 28 starts with. And God did what? He blessed them. God wants to bless us. See, the great I am isn't out to get you. The great I am is out to bless you. And if we have the wrong concept of God, it's going to be difficult for us. So God is a good God, and he wants to bless you. Now, the way he blesses us is through obedience. It is not true. your agendas, your ways. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Give us today our daily bread. Well, that comes after we say to God, your will be done, your kingdom be expanded. Not my way, not my things, not my will, God's will. So, Humanity humanity was commanded to be fruitful, and that's the desire for the family. And man was commanded to oversee the operation of the world. Now, what is God saying to Adam and Eve? Here's how to do life. See, if you take God out of the picture, would they know what to do? Well, they'd know about sex because that was one of the drives. But would they know anything else to do? They wouldn't know what to do. There's nobody around to help them. There's nobody to tell them. What are the animals for here? What are we supposed to eat? Supposed to kill the animals? They weren't supposed to kill the animals there. Later, all food was approved. They wouldn't have known what to do. So God says, I'm your creator. I'll tell you how to do this thing called life. And this is the way you do it. People say, well, I'm going to argue with that. Go ahead. You're not God. What gives him the right to tell me how to do life? Because he's your creator. It comes the simple back force of that. So, nothing has changed. He's our creator. What does God want us to do? Know him. Submit to him. Obey him. Enjoy him. Worship him. Now, Genesis 2.15, you know this. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden. Here's a four-letter word, to work it and take care of it. Maybe Adam said to God, what lawn service do you have taking care of the garden? Is there somebody coming to trim the trees? Who's fertilizing these plants? This is huge. No. What happened? Remember what Paul said? What do you want me to do? So here's more instruction. Man was commanded to work. Now this is huge. Work was commanded before sin lots of people say I have to work I have to go to work today it's a curse of sin no it isn't a curse of sin it was commanded before there was sin you're designed to work I'm designed to work and so that's why we tell you often retirement or whatever you can retire but you're never supposed to stop working We're always to be creative. We're always to be active. We're always to be witnesses. We're always to be disciples. None of that ever stops. So notice Ecclesiastes says this. Even so, I've noticed one thing. At least that is good. It's good for people to eat and drink. We like that. And to enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them. To accept their lot in life. So work is actually a good thing. Work in paradise sounds like an oxymoron. But it's true. Work was a sign before the fall. What's our attitude to be about work? 1 Corinthians 10. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So the next time on a Monday morning you go up and go, oh, man. Okay, God, I'm sorry. Why should you feel that way? With the unemployment figures? You should be thankful you have a job. There's plenty of people looking for that that don't have it. Now, Ecclesiastes 9 also says this, whatever you do, do well. And when you go to the grave, there'll be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. So here's the second thing. And sometimes we all miss out on this. I've been in the workforce since I was 12 years old, doing all kinds of things and mowing lawns and printing things, you know, as kids did in those days. Work gives us a sense of responsibility, and accomplishment. And I want to challenge you with one more thing because sometimes we never think about this. When God placed you in your neighborhood or in your housing area, the apartment complex you're in, or where he placed you at work, he didn't do it just for the money and just for the work. He did it that you would be light and salt in all of those places. And many times we we say, man, God's put me here with these people that don't know God. Hello. That's why you're there. Remember, after Matthew came to the Lord, what's the first thing Jesus did? Goes to a party with a bunch of sinners. And the religious people said, what's he doing in there? Well, that's where he wanted to go. That's where we're supposed to be. He didn't come for the, the healthy. He came for those who are sick. So your workplace is a great place to live like you should, to work like you should. We should be the best employees That the company has, they can count on you because we're representing God. Whatever you do, do well. So remember, it's a blessing.
0: In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the idea that God has a unique plan for every unique person. You also were made aware that many times his plan is in conflict with what you've been raised to think your path should be. You were reminded that one of God's goals for you is to get His Spirit running your life through your spirit like it was in the beginning. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish this first teaching in the Great I Am series. You'll hear more about God's original plans for mankind and their rejection of God's plans. You'll be reminded about how terribly mankind's ideas about how to run his life have gone. Pastor Mark will tell you how frustrated mankind's become because they've been trying to find satisfaction in the wrong places. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: In a